evening, ladies and gentlemen of the internet. Welcome once again to the podcast, Love the Graps. Uh, just Chris here, solo, um, just checking in. I'm uh, going to introduce yet another interview from our junior podcaster, Joe Atherton. Um, this one he conducted in Sheffield, um, around the Southside shows in Sheffield. Um, and uh, it is with the wrestler from Canada named El Fantasmo. Uh, Joe obviously has been doing loads of good work, grabbing people, just grabbing them, wrestling them to the ground and making them talk to him. Um, and if you know Joe, you know that it it really is a struggle to talk to him sometimes. Um, but I'm sure you'll find this entertaining. Um, and I really hope that you, um, you know, just let Joe know, just let Joe know that you like it because, uh, you know, we all need a little bit of encouragement sometimes and he's not getting it from me. Put it that way. Um, these videos all go up on Joe's YouTube channel as well. Just search Tables, Athers and Chairs on YouTube and you'll find it, I'm sure. Subscribe. He does a bunch of other videos as well that aren't just interviews. Uh, so enjoy. Over to you, Joe. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Tables, Labs and Chairs. Another international guest for this today, El Fantasmo. How's it going, man? Good, man. How are you, others? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Sat here in a uh, bar currently in Sheffield, in between uh, Southside shows. Um, so yeah, let's get things uh, let's get things started. Um, what attracted you to the beautiful sport of professional wrestling? Uh, the bright colors of people's spandex. No, uh, the thing that I really like about professional wrestling is the, uh, the atmosphere that the crowd provides. I'm like, I'm really drawn to like in football games when like you got a really hot crowd. I love like, uh, playoffs and sports. You just get like that crowd amped up. There's like an energy to the game uh, you know and when you get that in wrestling like watching old ECW and stuff it was literally like watching something magical happening and uh, I think that's one of the biggest things that drew me to it so what your earliest memories of wrestling as a kid uh, I remember watching like Doink the Clown and Henry Godwin uh, on TV as a kid my grandma used to love Johnny B. Bad on WCW, so every time I went to her house, we got to watch WCW on Saturday nights. And you're like, hey, I like watching this stuff too. Grandma's pretty cool. Same with me. I watched uh, WWF back in the day. Um, it was on Sky TV in England, and it was hard to get WCW because it was like on a different cable provider type gimmick, but pretty much the same with me. It was my nan and granddad that basically watched it. Yeah, it's the same in Canada. Like, when uh, the Attitude Era was big, you got Raw on TSN Monday nights at 6, and you didn't really get WCW. Uh, and then also, uh, my mom didn't let me watch that much wrestling. She knew it was, like, my addiction. So if I was bad, like, my grounding would be no Raw. And I remember uh, one day I wanted to watch wrestling so bad that I called my friend on the phone and I made him put the phone to the TV 
so I could listen to it. And it was the episode when like Chainsaw Charlie uh, broke out of the box on the stage with Cactus Jack, and I was like, oh my god, I was so upset to be missing him. So, yeah. I remember we had WCW Thunder on Thursdays once in a while. I watched some of that, but yeah, I was never a WCW guy. I didn't watch any of the pay-per-views. I was pretty much a WWF kid growing up. So, what was the uh, indie scene like in Canada? Did you, like, watch it as a kid? Uh, no, I didn't even know about indie wrestling. Uh, I had a friend in high school, Artemis Spencer, who did wrestling. We always thought it was pretty cool, but we always thought... We didn't actually believe that he was a wrestler because we were, like, in grade 10. You're like, how is this kid in wrestling? He's so skinny. We don't get it. So once I graduated, I uh, I went and watched one of his indie shows. And to be honest, I thought it was pretty shit. Uh, I thought he did good, but I thought the rest of the card was, like, a bunch of dudes pretending to be wrestling. And I wasn't impressed. And it wasn't until that I started training that I, like, went to another indie show. Because I was now a part of it. And where did you start training? I got started in ECCW. Uh, the funny thing is, like, I never went out of my way to, to join wrestling. I always liked wrestling, but it was never one of my plans. Uh, back in high school, I was pretty set on going to film school and doing that road. So I was actually, uh, had to do, like, a project in school, and I needed to do it on an actual company. So I talked to my friend from high school, and I was like, can you hook me up with the guys in wrestling? Like, I'll do a come do like a video for your your company and like film a show and as i was doing this they had a, a training class starting so i like filmed a couple of the training sessions i was like hey this looks pretty fun i'm gonna do this and then uh, i just started low-key training and uh i got like half off training to like film their tv show for them and do graphics for them and stuff like that so so how long between training and your first actual professional wrestling match uh, it was like a year. We trained pretty good. Like I was lucky to be in a class with guys like Kyle O'Reilly and the Bollywood Boys and Nicole Matthews. and uh, It was just like a, a special group of dudes that all really push each other to the next level. And I haven't seen that in Canada since our group. We've had guys here and there that are good, but never like the collective group that pushed us and... Yeah, it took us, like, we trained for, like, a year, like, three days a week until we were ready to go on shows. So it's a lot different than now where, like, you can train for, like, a month and get on shows. If, like, it all depends where, but, yeah, we really put the uh, we put the grind in back home, that's for sure. Can you remember your debut was against? Yeah, my debut was in a battle royal. Standard. It was a Halloween Hell battle royal. It was actually October 2005. I remember, uh... I didn't have, like, proper gear. I didn't have, like, kick pads or something, and I had to go out there, and I was really embarrassed that I didn't have proper gear. But our first actual match was inside a steel cage. They would do uh, all cage shows, like like what TNA used to do, but they just set up a cage, and that was the gimmick they sell tickets with. So we did, like, a, a three-on-three six-man tag inside the steel cage, and I remember our team won because we sold the most tickets. So, you know, typical wrestling. So, when you debuted, were you El Fantasmo then? Yeah, that was my first name. And I, uh, were you under a mask? Yeah, I had a, had a luchador mask. It was like a scorpion style, some of Scorpio. I wore that for the first three or four years of my career, but uh, my mom made it, so it was really, uh, really uncomfortable to wear. and uh, caused a broken nose and 
lots of uh, lots of head trauma, so I decided to take it off. How did you break your nose? Uh, it was literally ten seconds into a match. My buddy gave me a a running kick, and then a or no, I I jump started him, and I went to give him a power bomb, and he gave me a rana. But we had a small ring, so my foot uh, hit the turnbuckle, and my momentum carried me into my nose. And uh, it was like one of our first main events that uh, we've ever been in. So we were all super jazzed up to go 15 minutes. And it literally, the first minute in, I was covered in blood. There was an awkward hush over the crowd. And, uh, yeah. Okay, fast forward a few years. When was it that you decided to take the uh, big step of moving over to the UK? Uh, I think it was like... Just under two years ago, uh, it's kind of like a long story of trying to get into the States a long time ago, getting caught at the border, that door kind of being shut. My uh, my day job was editing cartoons. I had a really good uh, contract with Netflix for a few years. So like that was really uh, taken off. Wrestling was just kind of like a part-time thing. What programs did you edit? Uh, I made a show called Dino Trucks. I worked on uh, All Hail King Julian, which is like a Madagascar spinoff. I did work on Veggie Tales, uh, Jimmy Neutron. Uh, our studio made Rick and Morty, so I was always watching those animatics. Uh, Puss in Boots. Uh, all sorts of little random things. Lots of little shorts and stuff, so... It was really cool. I really liked it, but I like uh, I just turned 30, uh, and I looked into getting a youth visa because the UK, Canada, and Australia are all part of the Commonwealth, and it was literally a do this now or never. If you don't do it, you're going to regret never trying to be a wrestler or stay at this desk job and like have a comfy life in Canada, but you know, now that I'm here, I'm glad I took it. So uh, who was it that you initially trained with when you came over here? Uh, so Kyle O'Reilly hooked me up with Travis Banks, who works at Fight Club. So those were my only contacts in the UK. Uh, I literally came over here not knowing anybody, never met anybody, just uh, a guy hungry to, uh, to wrestle over here. The funny thing is, Travis was in St. Louis with Kyle. Uh, the same time, I would have been there with him if I didn't get caught at the border. So we would have met each other like 10 years ago. And uh, that would have been pretty funny, but it's all the way it works out. Can you remember when it was that you made your UK debut? Yeah, so it was a Revfro live at the cockpit against David Starr in the opening match. I remember being super nervous and super frazzled. Uh, I quit my job in like January is when I finished my contract, chose not to renew it. I went to Thailand uh, for three months to do some backpacking, just kind of like a little uh, traveling in the forests and jungles and beaches and stuff. And then I went straight to uh, to London and have a. Sh- I landed like the Friday and I wrestled that Sunday afternoon. Wow. Uh, in the first match, so I didn't even get to like, didn't get to see any other matches. I didn't get to read the crowd. I had no idea what to expect. Uh, luckily, it, it went okay and. Uh, it didn't bomb because if it bombed it would have been uh, really difficult to uh, regain momentum I think how are you enjoying being in England just like generally 
Uh, I love the wrestling. I don't really love England, to be honest. The weather. Yeah, the weather shit. Like, it's it's similar to Canada, but in Canada, I've always had a car since I was 15. So I've never had to, like, walk around in the cold. I've never had to, like, carry my groceries. Uh, it's just little things like that. Like, I, did, I don't have my own place. I don't have the things that I've worked for. I don't have a car. I don't have a motorcycle. I don't have friends and family. I don't have a little black book to go into, you know, like it's just, uh, it's like literally like moving to the other side of the world. Uh, like England's cool though. It's, uh, it's so cool like getting to go to different cities. There's so many like different types of people everywhere. Like it's when I first lived here I was in Rugeley and there's like fucking tombstones from the 1500s and I was like I can't even like think of like how long ago that was. Like, Canada's, like, barely... Like, just turned 150 or something. Like, it's so new that, like, to think, like... England's been around for so long, it's mind-boggling. <clears throat> uh, you mentioned Rev Pro earlier on. Uh, you recently competed in the British Jacob. How did that go for you? Yeah, that's pretty dope, I guess. Uh, the cool thing was... I was at the British Jacob last year... And uh, I was sitting in the crowd just kind of, like, watching the show. I remember Kyle was over for a couple shows, and I was like, I need to hang out with, like, a friend. Like, I'm super lonely. So I want to tag along, like, watch him compete in the J-Cup. And, like, I remember Jushin Thunder Liger was there and, like, actually marking out and, like, taking pictures on my phone. And, like, I don't really get starstruck with people like that. Uh, but I was like, damn, that's so cool. And then flash forward a year later, like... I get to wrestle Liger, and then I ended up beat him, and then uh, I get to wrestle Bandito, who was in the finals of Bola, and then I get to wrestle with Kushida, and Rocky Romero, and Rich Swan who's on Impact, and like, it's just a, a whirlwind of the weekend, and uh, you know, I, I think when I look back on my career, that's going to be like the the starting point for a lot of big things to come, will be that weekend of winning the J-Cup. Speaking of Rev Pro, speaking of... Uh... Japanese wrestlers, well, based in Japan anyway, um, you had a few really notable matches with uh, Will Ospreay in 2018. How do you feel that matches went personally for you? Uh, Will's definitely one of the best wrestlers in the world, and I think when his career's over, he's going to be regarded as one of the best of all time. The dude is an actual uh, wizard in the ring. He's so strong, he's so fluid, he's so athletic, he's so flippy, like, he can do everything. Uh, I remember the first time we wrestled was at your call. Uh, I got to the venue late, we didn't get to go in the ring, like, just went out there and wrestled. I was super nervous, uh, he beat the shit out of me, gave me two black eyes. I was like, fuck. Uh, our match at Defiant, it was a lot more comfortable, relaxed, confident. Uh, I think we teared it up even more than we did at your call. So, you know, now that you find your chemistry, you're like, okay, he's not so intimidating. Uh, I still think we got a lot of crazy matches in our future. And he's one that uh, I hope heals fast and gets back in it. You touched on Defiant. Um, your debut at Defiant was a pretty last-minute gig. I think you replaced... Matt Riddle. Was it Matt Riddle? Yeah. You replaced Matt Riddle in their ringmaster tournament. Um, and since then, you've been pretty much a regular for them. How do you feel that you're fitting in at Defiant Wrestling? Yeah, it's dope. It's uh, it's really easy because the uh, the fans love me for some reason. 
Now, it'd be a lot harder if he you know, came in and they didn't really care, but uh, I, I was really lucky to uh, replace Riddle and I made it to the finals and I think that like that showing everyone's like, oh shit, who's this guy out of nowhere? Uh, and I've been there and I, I've had good matches since, you know. Uh, I think Defiant's cool. They got like really good production values. They've got the internet presence. They've got a different locker room than most places in England, so it's a good mix. I'm looking forward to, uh, to fighting Walter and Ridgeway in December for the title. Who knows what's going to happen after that. I know Pac's coming to Defiant. That's a dream match for a lot of people, for me included. I know Will's there. You know, like, it's pretty sweet. They got to tighten those ropes, though. God damn it. Fucking loose ropes. Almost broke my ankle last show. Um, mention uh, Travis Banks training you. Obviously, that's at Fight Club Pro. How do you think you're finding your feet this year at Fight Club Pro? Uh, yeah, Fight Club Glow has been a slow start. It's kind of stuck in scramble purgatory. Uh, even to get into the scrambles took took a while to get there. Uh, Fight Club's probably the most stacked roster in uh, in the UK, though, so there's no qualms there. But now that uh, I've had a couple singles matches, put on some good showings, hoping to get some more, hoping to work my way up the card. To you know, like. To be able to like to show British strong style, I can I can go and hang with them. You know that's like the ultimate test that I want to be able to do and and show. And uh, I've had a couple good matches with Tyler. I haven't wrestled Ben yet. It'd be awesome to have a one on one with Pete at the Fight Club crowd. Like it, that's like that's the dream stuff. Like a, a dirty warehouse with some rowdy fans and some sweet lights and a wrestling ring. You know, let's just go tear it up. So, you're pretty much a regular now at Rev Pro, regular at Defiant, working your way up the uh, Fight Club Pro ladder. Is there any other places that you've not wrestled or not wrestled as much that you'd like to break into a little bit more? Uh, OTT for sure. Uh, I did two matches there. I thought they went pretty good. I feel OTT has the best ring in the UK. Uh, I think it looks dope. They've got tight ropes. It sounds awesome. Uh, I haven't even scratched the surface of what I want to do at OTT. Uh, ICW would be a cool bucket list. I know those guys are crazy. You know, like me and Jody Fleisch at ICW. Like, oh man, that's a dream match for me. Progress is another big one that uh, if I dip my toes in, but I haven't fully jumped in yet. Uh, WXW one over in Germany I'd love to go do one of their tournaments like there's just so many good places to wrestle over here that I literally couldn't imagine being anywhere else or doing this anywhere else but the UK want to finish things off with a, a word association game Okay. I'm going to throw a name out there and just say the first thing that comes into your head doesn't have to be one word it can be a sentence Get the sensor butter button. The sensor button ready. God damn it. Okay, chop mambo. Yeah, baby. Travis Banks. Terminator. T2. Chris. Chris Brooks. Squid Boy, but uh, one of the smartest minds in wrestling right now. Damien Dunn. Uh, one of the best gimmicks in wrestling right now. And a hell of a head on him. He's got a good head of lettuce. Robbie X. Uh, definitely the most athletic dude on the UK. Uh, 
And we fucking played horse at, at Sheffield today and did a bunch of flips and rope walking and handstands and nip-ups. And, you know, that dude, uh, that dude could take over the world. Will Ospreay. Uh, best in the world. Walter. Uh, Walter Fears LP. Martin Zaki. Zaki. Uh, he's the Fight Club Don. Trent Seven. Uh, he is an absolute Don inside of the ring and out. Uh, so much love and respect for Ben. Rev Pro. Home. Defiant. Big ass ring. Fight Club Pro. Fight Train Win, baby. Last one. El Fantasmo. Head Banger. Fucking idiot. I don't know. <laughs> Where do you see yourself in like three or four years' time? Uh, hopefully still being able to walk. That's a, that's a good uh, a good idea to have. Um, I don't know, man. Like, everybody's going to WWE right now. Uh, that's not really my goal. I want to, uh, I want to do the indies. I want to go to New Japan. I want to make a, make a name for myself in the wrestling business before I go into a performance center with hundreds of other people, you know? Like, I've got some skills uh, in the ring that I want to be able to show off and exploit. And right now, the indie place is the best place to do it. Uh, you know, hopefully not live in Wolverhampton. That, that'd be good, you know. It's a good, a good, uh, good little chapter in the autobiography of life, but uh, I don't know how much longer I can stay there. You know, just, just living somewhere cool, being one of the top guys in the wrestling world. That, that's the goal, I guess. Whether that's going to take one year, two year, three year, five years... Uh, this is what I'm dedicated now. This is what I'm. Uh, this is what I'm doing. This is who I am. This is what I've uh, put off for the last ten years of my life. And now uh, I've got some time to make up. So sweet. Well, ELP, thank you very much for your time and uh, all the best for the future, man. No worries, Alice. Love you, man. It's good times. Yeah.